you're in the conversation. Hello America, Mark Hampton here, author of the game-changing book, White Papers, the Black Book for White Americans. I want to welcome you to the conversation today, and we've got a fantastic show for you. Uh, We're going to talk about something that I think that you're going to be highly, highly interested in because I'm about to download some strategies to you that are just going to transform how you engage along racial lines. But before we do that, I want to let you know how you can access the book White Papers, the Black Book for White Americans. You can get the book on Amazon.com. You can go to Amazon and search White Papers, the Black Book, and it'll pop right up. And you can also get the book, get an autographed copy by emailing us at whitepapersbook at gmail.com. That's whitepapersbook at gmail.com. And like always, if you have questions regarding race or need some advice, you can give us a call at 614-398-0660. And I promise you, we'll get back with you with an answer right away. I promise you we'll do that. Well, we've got a phenomenal show, as I mentioned for you. It's going to be coming up in just a few seconds. You don't want to miss today's show. I'm telling you right now. Uh, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to be a short show today, but you don't want to miss the points that I'm about to give you in just a few minutes. We'll be back in five seconds. All right, America, thank you so much. I'm Mark Hampton, author of the game-changing book, White Papers, the Black Book for White Americans. Today's show, we're going to talk about how to handle or three ways to handle uh, it when someone calls you a racist. How to handle it when someone calls you a racist. I'm going to give you three powerful points on how to do that. Now, I need to, to, to before we go into those three points, I want to kind of set the stage here. And I understand as a white American, the worst thing you want to be called is a racist. I get it. I get it. Nothing, nothing bothers you more uh, because I understand uh, most white Americans try very hard not to be a racist. Now, I would parenthetically say that even as though you try very, very hard and put a great deal of effort into it, some still don't know how not to sound like a racist. I had a friend in uh, in Texas, and that's where she actually inspired the show. She kept saying people call her a racist or a white supremacist. And I told her, I don't believe for one second that you're racist. I said, uh, because if you were racist, you wouldn't be my friend, no matter what your color is. <laughs> but I said to her, I said, I don't think it's that you're a racist. I just think you don't know how to not sound like one. Which means that we do have to learn a skill set when we engage people. We just can't continue down the same line. If someone's calling you racist, they're doing it for a reason. Even though in your heart you may not be racist. Now the problem is we don't know how to give. You know there are no strategies that people make readily available to you. But that's about that's what you're going to get here in just a few seconds. I'm going to break this down for you. Uh, three things that you can do when someone calls you a racist. All right. Now, I, I'm, I've got to give you a disclaimer, though, before I get into it. And I'm imminently going to get into it right now. But what I want you to know is this is going to go completely against the grain of your consciousness because it's just not normal to think this way. 
but I can tell you it is extremely highly effective. It works almost all the time. It's not a trick, but it's understanding the psychology of how people think and how thought of suggestion will take you in a certain direction. So you get to control the lay of the land. It's not that the person is calling you racist. That is the problem. The problem is how you're going to diffuse it, especially when you know in your heart that you're not a racist. All right. So I know you're, you're like, OK, give me the points. Give me the points. <laughs> All right. You ready? I got them for you. When someone calls you a racist, the first thing that you do not want to do. Remember, I told you it goes against normal conventional thinking. The first thing you do not want to do is you do not want to defend yourself. Let me let that sink in again. I'll say it again. You do not want to defend yourself. You know, you don't want to say, I'm not a racist. You have to understand the person that just told you that they think you are racist. If you come back and ask them or tell them rather, that you're not a racist. That person is already convinced that you are a racist. So if you say I'm not a racist, they think you are lying <laughs> because they're already convinced that you are. That's why they said it. Do you understand that? So don't 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 defend yourself if you know you're not a racist. Okay, but what can we do, Mark? What can we do? You ready? This is what we can do, right? You ready for this? Here it is. Number one, don't defend yourself, right? Because when you defend yourself and oh, let me just throw this in. I forgot. I forgot one piece of this. All right. Listen, this is one of the ways we defend ourselves. When we when we when we ask them for their opinion, in other words, when you say, why do you think I'm a racist? What you just did unknowingly is you triggered their brain to recount all of the reasons why they know in their mind that you are a racist. And after you ask them for their opinion, there is really nothing you can do after that point because you have reinforced for them by asking them the wrong question. Why do you think I'm a racist? You have reinforced why they believe you're racist. Think about it. Think about that for a minute. Right now, there's a lot of people that that say the president of the United States is racist. And you, you hear these pundits on TV and they always say, well, why do you think he's a racist? They're asking the wrong question. OK, and I'm not here to say whether he is a racist or whether he isn't a racist. OK, if he is, that's between him and his God. I really don't care. It's up to him. That's the wonderful thing about being in America. We get to choose. And even on my show here, I never tell people not to be racist. If you want to be racist, go right ahead. That's a heavy garment to wear. I wouldn't wear it. But if you want to wear it, wear it. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, you know, I wouldn't wear that. So here's the point. So when you ask people for their opinion, you're sending them down a mental trail to recount all the reasons that justified them calling you racist. So don't do that. Do you see what I'm saying? If you it, so if you say up, oh, why do you say I'm a racist? You just you just sign I'm a racist. So don't do that. But here's what you do do. The second one. Someone says that you're racist. Ask them for their advice. 
I know that. Like, and here's how that goes. Advice. So tell me, what advice can you give me since you think I'm a racist? What advice can you give me? It's different now. That question, and I know it seems strange to you to ask that question. Let me tell you why. Because it goes against conventional thinking. Because you would never think to ask someone for their advice who just called you a racist. But let me tell you what it psychologically does. What it psychologically does is it shifts them from being your enemy now to try and help you figure it out. So now you just turned your enemy into an advocate. Just because you knew how to ask the right question. You knew how to say, could you give me some advice? You see that? You turn their brain in a different direction. Their brain is now trying to search for ways to help you rather than ways to confirm that you're a racist. See, no one's ever taught you this stuff. I know that. I know that. That's why I'm sharing it with you right now. So when they when they say that, ask them for advice. That advice brings them closer to you. It has them engaging with you instead of repelling from you. Do you get that? So number one, the first way is don't defend yourself by by asking questions like, why do you think I'm a racist? You're just confirming to them they're just going to their memory trail is going to go down and it's going to find all the reasons why you're racist. But if you ask them for advice, can you give me some advice so this doesn't happen again? Now they are going to find ways to help you. Okay, even even though you, you, you're not a racist, you've got to understand that that we have to work together in this piece and this is going to bring people together. All right. Now, here's another one. It's going to go against the grain. This is my last point here. I told you it's a short show today. My last point. Number three, apologize to them. <laughs> You're like, apologize for what? I didn't do anything. Oh, wait a minute. In their mind, you did something. That's why they're calling you the racist. So apologize to them. What this does is it, number one, it it creates an environment where you can have decent discord. It turns the temperature of the discussion down dramatically. And that's what you want to do. And it opens the person up to be a better them. It also releases them from the pain and frustration that they feel that generated the you're a racist. And guess what it does for you? It calms you down as well. But guess who's completely in control of these circumstances? It's you. So don't lose your shirt because you don't know what to say. You know, you, you got what I'm saying? You, you All right, let me let me give you this. You remember our parents, right? Especially our mothers or grandmothers. They would always say to us, don't say anything if you don't have something good to say. All right? So in the discussion of race and someone uh, attacks you along racial lines, this these three points that I gave you are very good things to say and very good things to do. And they take the temperature of the discussion down to a level that you can manage it. And you can have discord and you can walk away uh, as a friend as opposed to a foe. 
because you develop the skill set to diffuse the situation. So don't lose your shirt because you don't know what to say. Don't allow your emotions to override your thinking because that's what's happening with them. If you jump in the boat with them, the ship goes down. And the best ship in the world is friendship. (laughs) Okay, you got that? The best ship in the world is friendship, not enemy ship. Because if you have enemy ship, that means that someone has to lose and someone has to win or we both lose. And there's no winning in that at all. So listen, those three points again, don't defend yourself by asking the wrong question. How am I racist? Okay. Number two, ask the person for advice. What can you do? What can I do to change this? I'm, and then number three, what do you do? You apologize because apologies are better than accusations. Apologies are better than criticism. Apologies are better than fighting one another. Okay. We're not, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't Russia and the United States. (laughs) We are two, we are Americans. Okay. We are Americans. And the reality is we should be able to have civil discourse with, because we know the art of engaging one another. Don't forget those three points that I gave you. Those three points that I just gave you are going to transform how you engage along racial lines. They work in any setting. Okay. And they don't just work along the lines of race. It could work with your husband, with your spouse. You could use the same strategy. Don't defend yourself. Ask the person for advice and then always apologize. Okay. All right. And be the bigger person in these incidents and you can take the temperature down and you can get unbelievable results. And let me just say one other thing and throw this on the end. The other thing that this will do for you, it will give you massive influence along multiple lines. Imagine your influence with people if you knew how to utilize these strategies. Imagine the things that you could get done on your job. Imagine the things that you could get done in your family, the things that you could get done in your neighborhood and in your community because you understand the art of truly engaging someone. All right. So there's there you go. There you go. There are three ways uh, to respond when someone calls you racist. I'm Mark Hampton, author of the game changing book, White Papers. You've been listening to me right here on Anchor FM. Please share this podcast with all of your friends. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Facebook. Please share it. And you can share the link. Uh, please do please share this so that your friends get the strategies that they need because my ultimate game with this book and my plan is to change how America discusses race I want us to be better than we are right now because right now you and I know we suck (laughs) when it comes to how we engage one another we either retreat we defend deflect or fight and we most of the time we emerge as enemies we have to change that because we're americans and we're better than that we are much much better than that we live in america the greatest nation in the world if you were born in america you hit the birth lottery no matter what your color is or ethnicity so listen please share this so your friends and your family members can get the information all right i'm mark hampton uh, author of the game-changing book white papers get it at amazon.com 
or you can email us at whitepapers at gmail.com and we will send you an autographed copy of it. All right. Well, listen, it's been great uh, having this conversation with you today. You've been in the conversation. I'm Mark Hampton, and I wish you a wonderful, wonderful week and share, 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 share this program. Let's start the conversation. Hello, America. Mark Hampton here, author of the game-changing book, White Papers, the Black Book for America. I have a phenomenal show for you today. Uh, We're going to talk about something that uh, uh, we all need to talk about. And uh, no matter what the rest of the world says, we still need to talk about race and racism in America. Today's show, we're going to we're going to have a phenomenal show. Uh, we're going to talk about America's new racist. Um, you may not know this, uh, but there is a new racist in town, and we're going to talk about it in just a second. Listen, don't go away. Stay right there. I'll be back with you in about five seconds, and we're going to talk about race and America's new racist. All right. Thank you so much for staying with me, America. This is Mark, uh, author of the game changing book, White Papers, and also racial commentator. Listen, uh, we're going to talk about today. America's new racist uh, is a new racist in town. I don't know if you know about that. Um, And we're going to talk about it in this particular way. And when I say there's a new racist in town, I'm not talking about a particular person, but I want to get to this in a minute. But I want to first uh, back this conversation up against this. Right now in America, we're experiencing, uh, with regard to race, we're experiencing social fatigue, the social fatigue of racism. In other words, we are tired of talking about race in America. And that social fatigue that has Americans tired of talking about race in America, quite honestly, is there because we haven't done a very good job or of of America as a whole has not done a good job of really understanding the context of racism. We explain racism uh, through an event driven uh, media hyped scenario And as a result of that uh, way that we discuss racism, it is hard for Americans to come to grips as a whole with why people of color are still having the discussion about race and racism in America. Uh, Many of my white friends right now believe that uh, there are there really is no race problem that it is as, as Tucker Carlson would say, it is a hoax when it, that is the furthest thing from the truth. And the reason they feel that way uh, in due in large part is because um, if you ask a fish, what water is that fish could not tell you because it is always in water. 
it takes that environment of water for granted so it doesn't have to tell you. So when you live in America in an, in a system that was created entirely by white America, white people for white people, then you can understand once you understand that, then you can understand that every system in this nation was not created. They didn't have people of color in mind when those systems were created. Now, certainly we get to take advantage of those systems today, but, but, but there is a embedded in, in the social psychology of these systems is racism. And it's hard to get people who have not experienced that level of racism to understand that. So, so, so that's, that's really what's happening. It's hard to get them to understand what we are talking about, but this is what I would urge you to do. If you're uh, a white American and you're listening to this, this podcast, I would encourage you to believe the accounts of people of color. Think about this. There are millions upon millions of people of color who are crying out about racism in America and there are there are more millions upon millions of white Americans who do not believe their claims. Now, you can call it throwing the race card, which is foolishness, to be quite honest with you. Or you can say that millions of people are lying all at the same time. And that, my friend, is absolutely insane. Uh, just recently, we've had we've had two racially motivated mass shootings in in this nation within a 15 hour span of each other one in uh, Texas El Paso Texas and the other in Dayton Ohio both of these assailants targeted people of color now you would have to you would have to now what we have said though what 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 many have said is that oh well we need to discover the mental health of what's going on we need to look at the mental health system and we do but when it's when it's white men and just walk with me here I'm not singling anybody out I'm just having this discussion the show is called the conversation and that's what we're doing right now we're having a conversation but when white men do mass shootings we talk about mental health if black men do uh, shootings, mass shootings or shootings, period. We talk about how thugs they are or how violent they are or that they're animals, etc. And so I would I would submit to you for those of you who have the discussion about, um, you know, uh, who always bring up the mental health piece. I would ask you a question. Then if you believe that both of those were mental health issues exclusively, then you would have to believe that those who founded America had mental health issues because they they destroyed an entire group of people in the Native American and then enslaved African-Americans for over 250 years and if and also hung them and sent them through Jim Crow and the list goes on and on and on. If you believe these two shooters in Dallas and in Dayton, Ohio are had mental issues, then you would have to believe that the founders had mental issues because it is certainly insane 
to destroy the Native American, put chicken pox in their blankets and kill them, and also enslave 200 uh, enslaved Africans for 250 years. That, in my mind, is insanity. But that's not what we're talking about. I'm just giving you the backdrop and the context for this. Now, our topic of today's show on the conversation is the new uh, racists in town, the new racists in America. Now, I gave you that other information as a backdrop to this discussion. Now, and, and let me just say this parenthetically while I'm here. Uh, the president, President Trump, is not the new racist in town. He is not the new racist in town. All right. Now, I will also share with you um, what pre why President Trump is referred to as racist is because and here's the reason and you need to understand this. It's because he's using information or he's using language rather that has been historically spoken by people that we would refer to as racist. Now, when I say historically spoken by people that we would refer to as racist, I'm literally talking about hundreds of years. I'm not talking about next week. I'm not talking about uh, the following week. I'm not talking about in the past last uh, 20 years. I'm talking about historic language that has been spoken over decades, yea, even centuries. So uh, when he uses that language, he is self-identifying. Language like go back to where you came from. That type of language has been spoken to, historically been spoken to African-Americans, uh, or people of color for decades. Calling, referring to uh, those who are coming in, uh, trying to s seek asylum in the U.S., as uh, rapists and murderers and drug dealers, etc., etc. You know, we have to remember that Paul's right here for a second. We have to remember that those who came to America in 1492, I believe it was, when they came to America, you need to understand something. They were fleeing something, just like those who are coming uh, uh, in through Mexico are fleeing something. And they, they didn't, but our settlers, they didn't run into customs. They didn't run into border patrol. They didn't run into any of that. And now we look down the proverbial nose of our history and uh, dismissing the context of that history and make a judgment on those who are fleeing, just like the original settlers of the U.S. fleet. Now we need to just give that some thought. All right. So here's my thing. Uh, I think we're making a problem. Uh, with regard to President Trump, I think you get that, uh, that we're making uh, we're making a bit of a problem here uh, or, or creating a problem. And that is by pinning all of America's racism, making him the object object of all of America's racism, because in doing so, we are allowing him to redefine who is racist and who is not racist. We are literally pinning all of ra America's racism on him. He is a individual person. He is not uh, in himself the curator of racism uh, for America. He uh, racism was here before he was a gleam in his dad's eye, and it'll be, and unfortunately it'll be here after he is gone. But what and so now it is important for us to realize 
that he may himself be an individual racist. He may be because he sounds like one and he's behaving like one. So we just need to keep that in the and and we know that rather through context, not through feelings, not through anything along that line. We know it because contextually he sounds like a racist contextually. He is using that same language. So we need to understand that. So let me let me shift gears a little bit. I don't think that. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're going to shift. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, but before I shift those gears, um, we're going to go to a little break here. And I'm going to talk to you. Uh, just stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this. Make sure you get the game-changing book, White Papers, the Black Book for America. You can get that book on Amazon, or if you'd like to get a direct copy sent to you, autographed copy, you can reach out to the author directly at whitepapersbook at gmail.com. That's whitepapersbook at gmail.com. Thank you for holding. This is Mark, the author of uh, White Papers, the Black Book for America, and also Racial Commentator. And we are back with you uh, discussing, uh, I told you we we're going to shift gears a little bit, and I'm just going to talk to you about um, why, and here's where we're going. We should not make Donald Trump the single source of America's race problem, because he's attempting to define it. Now, you have to understand that we have to have an intelligent discussion uh, about race, and it cannot just uh, have that discussion with one person in America, and that is uh, the white or one entity, the White House, uh, the, the President of the United States. Now, there's some rhetoric out there that we need. We also need to confront, uh, and this stuff is real. It's serious, and all of that. Now, listen. I know America has social fatigue as it relates to racism. I understand it. I get it wholeheartedly. But I think you need to understand that 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 racism and white supremacy is not a group of people. It is an ideology that 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 a group is superior to another. It is a it is a process of thinking. So so we need to understand that we need to understand that 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 this system of thinking racism is a system of thinking thinking. It's not just uh, uh, um, a person. It is a system of thinking. Racism system, the system of racism and white supremacy is thinking that that uh, is uh, uh, felt through action and behavior. And that's how we, we come to that. I always say this. I wrote this in my book. I said that racism is not a person. It is a behavior. And it's important for us to come to grips with that. All right. Now, there, there, we need to define. So, so what, what's happening is we think because if we say that, well, there, like as the president said, there were in, in Charlottesville, as he said, there were good people on both sides, you know, to call white supremacists good people, and they may be good people among themselves, but they're not good people when it comes to 
to going outside of their race and their culture. See, America is not an America for white people. America, the America is an ideal. It is an ideal they all, that all men are created equal and endowed with certain inalienable rights by their um, creator. It is an idea. All right. The American dream is an idea. It's not a guarantee. It's an idea. And so we need to understand that. We need to, to make sure that we understand how that all plays out. So when you hear things like and, and good people in that Charlottesville instance, you need to understand something. Good people can be racist because of the ideology, the way the systems of America were created. It is racism is, is ran through the conduit of this nation. And we need to understand that it's at every level. It's at every level of American existence. You will find racism. And 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 what I want to say to you, white Americans that are listening. You need to believe the account of people of color. It's not an indictment on you personally. But you need to believe the account of people of color. Listen, that's all the time that I have for you. So the, 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 the new races in town is this, and I'm going to end by saying this. Here's the new races in town, the new races in America. You ready? The new races in America is now, unfortunately, all of those who have been fighting for racial equality in this nation. We're now on the outside looking in, and we're in the process of being redefined as the new races. And that is the result of placing racism in the lap of the White House and in the lap of Donald Trump. He is now referring to us. Uh, he is defining who is racist and who is not. The, the, the four sisters who were voted in by American citizens as representatives for their districts who were voted in to Congress by American citizens have been renamed the squad first. After being renamed the squad, they were t they were called racist. After being called racist, they were to told to go back to where they came from. After being told to go back to where they came from, they were then told that they are enemies of America. You see the redefine that's taking place here? And then the last step of that is that party, the Democratic Party, is now being called enemies of America and they're not like like us. Rush Limbaugh said himself on his own show just last week that AOC is an American but she's not really an American like us. Do you see what's happening here? So the new racist in town is being redefined as those who have historically been fighting for racial equality. This is Mark, uh, author of The Game changing book white papers the black book for america and also racial commentator make sure you reach out to me uh you can reach me um by email at whitepapersbook at gmail.com that's whitepapersbook at gmail.com feel free to to reach out to me there i'll send you an autographed copy of the book and also uh, if you want to get the book via Amazon, just simply go to Amazon.com and search White Papers, the black book, and you'll be able to get the book there. I want to thank you so much uh, for listening to the conversation. And until next time, America.
This is Mark.